Break out the brooms and bring on the halves. It's the buds. We're here to talk about the buds, the boys, the beauties, the maple leafs. We're here with episode 12, where we're going to be breaking down the last game of the series against Vancouver and then the back-to-back games against the halves. Um, So we'll start on the most positive note, which was bringing out the brooms and sweeping the series against Vancouver. So, Kian, what what were just your opening thoughts on that final game? Well, it was like I said last week, where it's just like I wanted the Canucks to actually, you know, give us a game, not just get fucking stomped on again. And they did that. So thank you to the Canucks for, you know, actually remembering how to play hockey. Um, And that was a bad game for the Maple Leafs overall. But they managed to pull out a dub. So, I mean, can't be too mad about it. Um, But there, there was a lot of details in there. And... I, I just think that the, the absence of Wayne Simmons was just really noticeable. Yeah, we we really really miss the Wayne train. Like you just you need that that spark on your bench, you know. And he, his presence is, is noticeably missed. Uh, but on, on a more positive note, I I mean Kerfoot went was our our dud last week. One of well, one of our duds. Yeah, and um. You know, he started off looking like a dud again with some bad turnovers, but then he goes and snips and gets the apple from uh, Ilya Mikheyev. So from dud to dud, what a beauty! Yeah, it was kind of crazy that the the two bud the two duds that we picked decided to then team up on goals. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I, I, I would love to see. Does it. this mean we have superpowers? <laughs> Wh- whoever we call a dud is just gonna have a breakout week the next week. Apparently. Oh my god. Um. Uh, yeah. Like, but overall, that was a, a like a very poorly played game by the Leafs. Like the the Vancouver Canucks threw that away. Yeah. In the like, third period. Yeah. Like. They just threw that away, and it was—it's crazy because like that, like it was almost—it was like what I said last week. Like the Canucks remind me of the 2016 Maple Leafs, where they're just like really young, have a bunch of talent there, but they just make stupid mistakes that that cost them games they should win. Like where they they outplayed the Maple Leafs that whole game. Like the Leafs did not play well. They played like they played a 30 second span. Of the, even like after they took the lead, it's not like they played well to finish the game either. It was literally they played well for a minute, like two shifts, yeah, and they won the game. Yeah, but hey, hey, we we know how they feel. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we know how they feel. <laughs> oh, geez, but uh, also the cool thing about this game is we finally get to have a look at Rasmus Sandin, and he, he, he gets a an apple on the board. Time, but man, look great. But he still got a point. He got mm-hmm. on the score sheet. That's so like. That's pretty promising, mm-hmm. uh, but now uh, since the Marlies are back up and running, he's uh, been assigned there, obviously, so he can just play more regularly. Yeah, actually uh, get in the lineup. Yeah, it, exactly. And uh, I think Lilligren has joined him there as well. No, Lilligren joined the taxi squad. Oh, did he? he went the oh. other way. Yeah, backwards. Um, Nick, anyway, Nick Robertson joined him in the right. Marlies. Right, Nick Robertson. Um, yeah, I think, I think that'll be good for I him. think the Nick Robertson's one just to get him back up to speed. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably like a conditioning stint just to... Yeah, because if you think about it, like, Thornton was a rib, so he could still skate and do most things because his was a lower body. Like, yeah, it's going to take a little longer. Yeah, to those, are tougher. From that. those are definitely tougher to, to come back from. Um, but, you know, overall, we're, we're starting to look like a really good team. And, and the Vancouver series, I mean, was just domination until that last game. But even that last game just shows... Um, even when we play a bad game, we can still pull out the W. Although it, that series against the Canucks did make me wonder, like, 
was that really dominance or are the Canucks just bad? You know, based on those three games and also how they played the Habs, I think they're just bad, man. Like they're they they only have a winning record against the Canucks. I Sorry, against the Sens. I think their D is just fucking atrocious, like so bad. I gotta tell you, man. I I don't know what the I don't see the hype around Quinn Hughes. I don't get it. He's like he's so bad defensively. Like you're a defenseman, sure you can do stuff on offense. He's like he's like a younger, worse Eric Carlson. Well, that's the thing. You know, just based on the NHL and its fans, is that the defensemen that get praised are not always the best defensively. In fact, they're often not. Yeah, that's true. They go off offensive prowess, and the kid has that at least going for him. But I mean, he's got great vision, makes great passes, but like his play off the puck is not good. But I also wonder if maybe the Canucks are just making giving him too big of a role too soon. Yeah, but that's also but that's also because like of how he played last year. But that was part of because they had Tanev next to him could cover a lot of the mistakes. Yeah, and now they don't have Tanev there anymore to to do that, and he's being exposed. And then on the secondary note is they don't have Markstrom there to cover all the additional mistakes that are made. So like their two like safety valves were just ripped right off and stolen by their division rival. Well, and, and not to mention they lost Tyler Toffoli as well. Oh man, that was dumb. That was really that was dumb. Real you shut like you absolutely Especially because they traded like they who did they trade for him again? I think they traded a pick and a and a prospect, but like you did you literally gave up a bunch of stuff for for Toffoli and then you just let him walk. And it's not like he didn't want to stay either. You just didn't pay him in time. And the same thing happened to Markstrom. <laughs> like you just didn't pay him in time. Like Jim Benning, what are you doing, buddy? But that is on you. That is on you. Yeah, they they uh, traded uh, to Foley. Uh, well, they traded for to Foley for uh, a twenty nine year old depth for, forward Tim Schaller and the rights to twenty year old prospect Tyler Madden and a second round pick. Uh, I knew there was and a, there was a conditional pick. fourth round pick. I knew there was a couple of picks. Yeah, so you you, like, you gave up some stuff. And then you just let the man walk. That, that second round pick hurts on top of a prospect. Yeah. And then another fourth on top of that. Like, and you don't even try to sign this guy? Fuck, man. And you let him walk to what is now a division rival. <laughs> like, you may not have known that at the time, but you know now it makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Markstrom also playing for division rival. And Tanev as well. It's been like... <laughs> It's crazy. Not that, looking, like, not looking good for the Canucks management. That's for sure. No, and I know that like Canucks fans have had a, are just done. They're, fin- they're finished. With oh, it. can you blame them? Like that's. But they're the owner of the Canucks came out earlier this week and was basically saying like just changes aren't coming. He's like he gave full full support to Benning, full support to Travis Green, and he's like, you guys, this is on you guys to figure your shit out. So. That like anything those that their fans are cheering for and calling for as far as firings not happening, at least according to their owner. So they got to figure something out. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like they need a defenseman. They they really need a defenseman. They need like they need a TJ Brody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they need uh, a TJ Brody for sure. What's weird though is that they got like the reason why I didn't think the Canucks would be this bad this year is I know they they lost Tanev, but they they got Nate Schmidt from the from the the Golden Knights, but then I now that I've seen him play on in that in that their system, I wonder how much Nate Schmidt benefited from playing in Vegas versus like just making him a really good player because like he was playing with Shea Theodore there, I think, and he was a phenomenal. Yeah, Shea Theodore's really right. Good. So like I wonder how much he just brought him up 
And now that he's playing, I don't even know who he's paired with in that team. Might be with Tyler Myers, but like, no, he's with um, Alex Edler. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, it's way worse. Why are you doing? What? Are you, what? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. That's, Travis, that's Travis, their top pairing. That's, Travis, figure it out. That's their top pairing. And, and <laughs> Quinn Hughes is with Jordy Ben. What? What? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. That makes. And sense. that's the thing. Like, I, I always, I liked Travis Green, but fuck, man, that's, that's not working. Change <laughs> like, it up. Change it up. Like they're that that team is better than they are currently performing. I still think that they they should be competing with the Jets and the Oilers for the final playoff spot. I thought they would be. I mean, I mean, there's still lots of the season left. Like, yeah. not that, like, and especially in a season like this, where you could face the same team three times, and you might be chasing them, and you could then close the gap crazy by sweeping that series. Yeah. Like if you think about it, they could go into a week down uh, six points to the Oilers, right? And then face them three times in a row and then be ahead of them or tied to them. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So that's the crazy thing with this year is that the, the standings can flip like a, on, a, on a dime if you go on any kind of run either way. Like if you look at the Leafs, they've been on a nice run. And that's why we have a cushion. We lost the Habs, yet we didn't lose our position in the standings because we gave ourselves a cushion by playing well. Well, and we had just beaten them, right? So Yeah. Right? So that's the thing. It's, it's going to be a crazy end of the year as like we get to, into crunch time and... Games start to mean more and more and more, and those those series are going to mean more and more and more. Who I think is the I'm most curious about Edmonton within the division, just because like, they're at how, how are they underperforming this bad? But they're not really underperforming. Yeah, but like they're with, doing exactly what you think they would do. They win when Orlando and Dry Southern McDavid carry them, and they lose when they don't. Man. That's that. That is literally the the Oilers for the last three years. But that's but because of of those two players, they have the potential to get themselves out of the basement within oh, yeah. a few games. Like, but yeah, it'll it'll be curious to see. Like you know that how it all plays out. But I I see like Vancouver has been in free fall. Oh, the Oilers won a game this this week, where it was the first time they had won a game in the last three years where neither McDavid or Drysaddle got a point. Yikes. Think about that for a second. Three years where one of them didn't get a point. Man. Like, that, that is over-dependence. Over-dependence. Oh, for sure. So, like, like, they need... This isn't basketball. You can't just have a big two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, like, they can't be on the ice the whole time. Like, you can only ride them so hard. And I'm getting Mike Smith back seems to have helped, but, like, they still need to figure out... They need a goalie. That is their biggest problem, is they need a goalie. Mike Koskinen is not doing it. Mike Smith is ancient. Yeah. Like, they need a goalie. Like, if I'm them, I'm looking at who's in the bottom of the league standings right now who has a decent goalie, and I'm freaking trying to pull him out. I haven't even looked at the standings, actually, for the league. I don't even know who's at the bottom right now. Um, well, who, who, who would you guess? Well, it's probably Detroit. Detroit, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you're definitely not taking their goalies. <laughs> LA's down there. Buffalo's down there. They're bad. Oh, maybe Jersey go up for Wedgwood. But they've only played nine games. You say Wedgwood? It's Blackwood. Is it Blackwood? Yeah. Oh, they had Scott Wedgwood before. That's why it threw me off. <laughs> Mackenzie Blackwood. You're right. You're right. What Scott Wedgwood threw me off. But good one. Yeah. Uh, like even the Rangers go out, like try and steal Georgiev out of there because they they have Shesterkin. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that would actually be a good target. But that's the thing is like there's a high demand for goalies because Buffalo's in the same boat. Like true. if they had a goalie, they'd be really good. True, but because Buffalo's still bad, they are not gonna be as willing to give up picks. 
right? Like the, the the Canucks are still ahead of all those teams in the standings, right? Like that's the crazy thing is like we were talking about how bad the Canucks are playing, and they're still better than a lot of other teams, right? So like if if you look at if you think if you if you're Buffalo, right? You're are you willing to give up a first potentially a first round pick? For the chance of you getting your your give and who who might turn around your season, especially in a really tough division they're in, they're in a really tough. They are arguably in the toughest division, right? So if I'm the Oilers, I I'm 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 calling up the Rangers and be like, hey, 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 buddy, I'll uh, toss you a, a first and some shitty ass prospect for your give. What do you think? And I, and the Rangers aren't exactly playing well, so like they've got to at least entertain that. Well, I think part of that is that they're 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 running the tandem system right now. Like Shesterkin and Yergiv are splitting games, and I don't think that's helping either of them. Yeah, and that's the thing. They seem to have placed a lot of stock in Shesterkin, so I, I say you know go all in on the guy. Yeah, like oh my god, Buffalo's Buffalo's division so hard. Like you got Boston, Philly, Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, Rangers, and Jersey above them. Okay, but Jersey fucking blows. Yeah, but everyone else in the division is good. The Islanders have not been playing well at all. They're in third in the division. And? <laughs> they're 6-4-3. and three. Not a great record. Well, that's because of the teams they're playing. They're all playing within each other, right? So they, ha- they, they have to play Boston nine times. They play Philly that's the thing. I also times. don't think Boston's that good. I mean, a lot of people disagree with you on that. Yeah, I, I know. Like, Pasternak's unreal. Like, but I just don't think they're that good of a team as a whole because they like they suffered pretty heavy losses on the back end yeah their defense is definitely worse and i think generally that division the defense is their biggest achilles heel like argue with the best defense in that that division is probably washington maybe maybe philly but like neither are superior or superb i should say yeah but like, like you said it's still early yeah, like, so much can change, though. <laughs> <laughs> and we even got to, like, the trade deadline. We don't know what kind of trades are going to happen. Are they going to go cross-border or not? Like, we don't we don't know how many of these, what kind of big things are going to be coming down the, down the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, you know, I thought that uh, the whole pandemic year would really prevent a lot of trades, but they seem to still be coming in. I mean, Dzingel just got traded to uh, the Senators, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's traded from the Senators. Oh. He was on the Senators. They traded him. You, uh, who's that trade with? I don't care. It's a nothing trade. Nothing, literally nothing mattered there. Um, but you know, it's it's just a weird time of the year where like we're like where got, we're at now would be like November in a normal year. You were wrong. They got Zingle from the Hurricanes. Really? Yes. So they traded Zingle away before and then traded back for him? I don't know. They, if... He played for the, oil, the, 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 the Senators before. Well, I... they traded Galchenyuk and Paquette. Oh, I forgot Galchenyuk was even on the, the, the Senators. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy, man. <laughs> I just, like... Wow. When did they, when did they trade Zingles? Man, I would need, now I need to look at Cap Friendly and check this out. Because, like, I'm... So confused right now, but you know, doesn't matter. But I guess they really wanted him back. I feel like he was part of like the Matt Duchesne trade or something. Like, fuck, I don't remember, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I really care about Ben's trades. But anyway, we'll move on to um, 
Leafs versus Habs, round one. And uh, another one where it just was not a very good game from, from the Leafs as a whole. Um, and it, it was like almost identical to the game against Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just did not play well, but then showed up in the third period and won. Which, I mean, you hope that they play better than that. But, I mean, it's nice that they still pulled out the W, especially against the Habs. Because, like, you, you're going into the third period tied 1-1, and then you pop in three goals in one period. Sorry, I was, I was, I just want to, I was right. They, the Senators traded Zingle to the Blue Jackets in the Anthony Duclair trade. And then he left and signed in Carolina in the offseason um, and then got traded back to the Senators for Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> that's fucking weird. Sorry, I just needed to check that. That was that's, like, why would you trade a guy just to trade back for him? I don't I get don't, it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, you thought you could leave? <laughs> you're coming back. <laughs> but no, you're totally right. Like, this, the, that first that game, the first game against the Habs was exactly the same as the, the game against the Canucks. Like, yeah. the Leafs played like garbage for two periods, then played a shift and won the game. On the bright side, Jake Muzzin with a three-point game. That came out of nowhere. Right? But, the, but also, like, everyone who scored that game was like, really? Well, <laughs> Zach Hyman, we always say that. Yeah, but he scored an empty netter, so, like, that's... Like, Dermot that's a with given. a beauty shot. Oh, yeah. Like, absolute that's... snipe show. And Justin Hall... With a bomb. The absolute a biggest bomb, bomb I've where ever seen. Where the fuck seen. was that? Where right? did that come from? Like, where are we, we need, like, please do that more. Right? Please like, do that more. It's, it's hammer time, baby. <laughs> he uncorked it. <laughs> well, apparently now we'll see a lot more of it, because, geez. I, I, but if I told you at the beginning of the week that when we play Montreal, that Mikheyev, Dermot, and Hall would score, what would you have said to me? Well, first of all, Mikheyev is the, easily the goal that everybody was the most excited about in that game. Oh, yeah. Because he finally got the monkey off his back and scored a goal. We said, like, I would love to see how many scoring chances he's had without a goal. And, and now he finally pots one. Like, geez, that must have been weighing on him pretty heavily. And he was my dud last week, so he's uh, out of the doghouse for you know sure. A, you know what's a really crazy stat? Is that... Two times now in history, Dermot and Hall have scored their first goal of the season the same night. That's weird. Right? And the weirder part is, Dermot only has like 10 career goals, and Hall only has like 6 career goals. And that first time it happened was when Justin Hall's first game, where Dermot scored his first NHL goal, and he scored his first NHL goal in the same game. That was like three years ago. That's, that's bizarre, right? <laughs> These boys just love scoring with together. I guess. So anytime that Dermot or Hall scores, you know that the other one's gonna score. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Also, big shout out to John Tavares, who also had a multi-point game with two assists. Oh, he came after that, getting like roughhoused by Shea Weber, putting his face into the ground. He came out with a vengeance, a burning vengeance. Like, I wish he played like that all the time. You, ju- you just the, need to piss him off. You can see the rage burning in his eyes. Like we got back to the bench. He's like, Oh my God, I'm so mad. <laughs> well, he actually went to the dressing room to get cleaned up. Looks like he got a couple stitches. Well, he also had the, the concussion protocol. So he had to stay there for 15 minutes. Yeah. But, like you can see when he got back, he was like, Oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you pay for this I'm going to win. Like, yeah, I'm going to win. And he did exactly game. that. He did exactly that. So. Oh, love to see it. 
Uh, yeah, like, I, I almost like, should we get someone to punch him in the face before every game just to piss him off? Like, we have to call his wife to tell him to punch him before he leaves for the ring? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love angry John Tavares. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> he was throwing his body around, yeah. just not giving a fuck, not getting knocked off the puck. Also, just, you know like, who's been, who all of a sudden discovered that he's 6'3"? Is Austin Matthews? Austin Matthews <laughs> has been hammering people. It's great. Like, absolutely crushing guys. It's great. Like, and it's like, holy shit, man. Finally, you realize that like, you're huge. I was, I was listening to Leafs Lunch earlier this week, and they were talking about last Last season, Austin Matthews averaged 1.3 hits per game. This season, he's already at 4.6 hits per game. Damn. So he's almost <laughs> at a 400% increase in hits per game. That's crazy. It's like he, it's like something clicked in his head. It's like I, I bet it was like Jumbo who's like, hey, you know you're a big-ass dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was Jumbo. Like, <laughs> Well, I know Dad said something funny. He was like, what if when he was hanging out with McDavid in the summer, McDavid was like, dude, if I was your size, I would be hitting everyone. <laughs> right? He's like, that's the one thing McDavid doesn't has, have is like the big size. He's just like crazy fast and ridiculous. But Matthews is a big boy. Like friggin' you have the opportunity to lay a body check, do it. Like, And he has been. It's, it's, I it's, love it has, to and see like it. And not even just like little rub outs or hitting a guy along the board. Like he's like, like throwing the body and it's been great. It's been great. And I hope it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, even McDavid, he, he's six one, So, I mean, he's not, it's not like he's a little guy. Yeah, but he'd be considered average across the league. Whereas Matthews would be on the bigger end. Yeah, but I don't think McDavid's turning to Matthews and saying, oh, if I had your size, I'd hit people. He's only got two inches on him. Like it's Yeah, but how many pounds? Two? Like, I don't know. Who cares? Like, McDavid's like 180. I just don't think that would have been part of McDavid's game. Yeah. Um, so I, that's why I think it's the influence of Jumbo Joe, especially because they were like quarantining together. And they yeah, but Jumbo Joe, does, he's, a, he's even bigger than Matthews, and he doesn't throw the body at all. Ever has. Yeah, he has. No, he doesn't. He throws his body in the corner. No, no, no. Big he time. uses his body in the corner. Okay, like maybe Yager, Then maybe maybe it was body. maybe it was the Wayne train. Then. That's that's exactly <laughs> where I was leading. That's exactly where I was leading. It's like, like if you look at Jumbo Joe's game historically, like he knows how to use his size, but he doesn't hit people. That's not his game. Never has been. But it, but like, I could see that. Actually, I could see both of them being yeah. influenced. It's because like. Matthews has not only just been throwing his body, but when he has the puck, you can see him leaning on people and using his weight and body size to his advantage in those circumstances. So I think that would be more influenced by by, by Jumbo. But the actual hitting itself, I think that's that's got Wayne Trade written all over it. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> that's kind of the perfect combination because you're getting the the person who knows how to win puck battles in the corner probably better than anybody other than probably Yager or Crosby. Yager was Yager is the best ever. Yeah, like that. that he like everyone knows that you Yager's butt is like Kyle Lowry's butt. You just don't want to go near it. He's, <laughs> he's shoving it in your face and like his puck. And there's protection. nothing you can do about it. That, like, that, that's the one thing that always stood out to me about Yager. It's like even when he's like fucking nearly fifty years old, he still does the same thing, yep. and you just can't get the puck from yeah, the guy. It's crazy. Um, but Crosby does the same thing. Actually, Tavares does it pretty well as well. Yeah, but I feel well. like where Crosby and Tavares are a little bit more agile, so they, they as much as they are doing that, they're doing that by being shifty as well and keeping motion, yeah. whereas Yager just like, my ass is in your in your face, and you can't reach around me, or you're going to get a penalty, so you can't do anything. So I don't need to move. I can just shove my ass in your face. Yeah, and Jumbo, Jumbo is very similar <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, that's to what that. I'm saying. He like, doesn't need to be agile. He just, I'm bigger than you, but, so you can't do anything. But, but that, that's kind of like the point I'm making is 
having that combination of Jumbo and Simmons, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you have one guy saying, you should probably fucking crank some people. <laughs> and, and another one saying, it's like, hey, you should use your body to protect the puck more in the corners. You'll win a lot more battles. And he's using both. Which is great because it's on two sides of the puck. Exactly. One's when you have the puck, one's when you don't. It's great. One's going to help you get the puck back a lot, which it has been this yeah. year. Man's on a 12-game point or eight-game or nine-game point streak with 12 points. Like, fire me up, buddy. Making me, making me love my fifth overall pick. Thank you very much, Austin. But, like, man, just, like, I love it. I love it. And I hope it continues to develop. I hope he has a conversation with Ovi. I'm like, how did you, have you, how have you stayed healthy all these years while throwing your body as much as you do? Because, that, honestly, that's the, that's the most... Yeah, that's the craziest part of Ovechkin's career. It's not all the goals, because like the goals is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, but it's the fact that he plays a very, very physical t- style of game, throws his body around consistently, and throws big hits, and he has stayed relatively healthy his whole career. Yeah, and, and you know I can personally relate to that a lot because that's very much how I focus my own game. Uh, but w- you've been injured like crazy. So. But <laughs> I, but here's the thing: I didn't have any injuries until I had a serious one. Yeah. And just the way it happened is kind of evident that it's it's going to happen sooner or later. But I guess Ovi's beating the odds here. But I, I would crank people every game. Like, that would be my goal, to at least lay one person out every game. I would I was always bigger than everybody, and I would never get hurt from it. They would get hurt from it. And then nice. one, ga- one tournament in Ottawa, funny enough, I go and I lay this guy out. But I don't know. I guess I hit him weirdly with my shoulder and my shoulder just dropped i separated my shoulder and like from what you've told me it's almost like you hit it on the the top of your shoulder instead of the side yeah so it just like shoved your whole shoulder exactly because i was that much taller than the guy and like i got i had to i always have to bend over to to hit them and and yeah like that was my first major injury and i'm like fuck i guess i can't just hit everybody <laughs> i thought i was fucking invincible man but um about it. I mean, but, but that's why guys like ovi it's just so impressive that he hasn't been injured when he plays like that like i can i can only list um i can list on one hand how many injuries Ovi's even had in his career not many like i think he like pulled his groin one time like five years ago like, the guy doesn't miss games like the only time he misses games is when he gets suspended for not going to the all-star game <laughs> <laughs> like and that's a consistent like one game missed every year because he doesn't want to go to the all-star game anymore yeah, he's like i've i've gone I've so been many to, like times. 10 i'm done at least he doesn't <laughs> have to worry about that this year <laughs> <laughs> so like if i'm like if i'm matthews that is the man i would want to pick their brain because like he is exactly what you want to be he's a stanley cup champion but million time Rocket Richard trophy winner throws his body around like a madman and has been had a ridiculously successful NHL career, going to arguably finish top three in goal scoring all time. Yeah, for and sure. Can tell, and you can't tell me that's not where Matthews wants to be in it when his career's over. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. And I think he's absolutely capable of doing it. And yeah, um, I, I would love to see him do that. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I, I he's absolutely capable. Like, no doubt, like he can definitely do it. Like his his goal scoring prowess, the way he's able to like, where what what I think differentiates Matthews from Ovi is that Ovi had his signature goal that he that nobody stops, like his one timer on the power play, whereas like Matthews is so deadly five on five, where Ovi never was in his early years, and because he scores in so many ways. He'll snipe on you. He'll get a tip on you. He'll get goal in the dirty area. He'll, he'll dangle the shit out of you guys and make you feel stupid. Like 
there's there's just there's so much variety in his goal scoring. It's true. And I think he's only scratching the surface of his power play prowess as well. Like he hasn't truly dominated on a power play yet. If you think about it, most of his offense has come five on five. So like if he can figure out like just like start dominating on the power play, putting up like twenty power play goals a year like OV did, can you imagine this guy's gonna hit sixty goals in a in a year, one of these years? Of course, with an 82-game season. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously not in a COVID-crazy year. That'd be over a goal per game. That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd be insane. I mean, he's not that far off it, though. <laughs> At least he played, what, 16 games, and he's got 12 goals or something like that? He's killing it, man. I, I love to see it. I, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll keep it up. And, and that's that's the beauty about Austin Matthews. Like you said, he's uh, scoring in all different kinds of ways. He always keeps you guessing, and he always keeps goalies guessing, which is part of his success. Um, and when we first got Matthews, it seemed to be there was that vintage Matthews snapshot where he had that curl drag and then snipe. Like it's like a laser beam. It's in the net, which he still does. He still does occasionally, but you can really see how he's developing. He's really branching out. You see a lot more where he's undressing defensemen Mm -hmm. and dangling the goalie and scoring, or he's uh, working on his passing a lot more as well. He keeps trying those like behind the back spinorama passes to Mitchie. And although, you know, those are kind of high, high risk, but also high reward. Um, remember that game last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, like the most disgusting passes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that's the thing. Like they, they work more often than they don't. I, it's, it's just amazing how well those two work together as well. They just play so, so perfectly off each other. And like how they were getting jumbo back too, and throw Hyman back down. To, like I think Hyman's moving down with Mitch, with uh, Tavares and Nylander, so hopefully he can help them figure yeah, it out. Yeah, they've been struggling it. Yeah, well, because like we thought VC was going to fit there, and VC's been just yeah, he's been whatever. He's like, like, yeah, he like he's not. Like, like, he made he, a really good defensive play last night, but that's about it. Yeah, like it's not like he's been making big mistakes or anything. He's just been kind of invisible. Yeah, he's just like a dude with a jersey on. He's not actually <laughs> playing the game. Like he's just there. You may as well be Carlton the Bear. At that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I can't pick out like specific plays I'm mad at him for. It's not like the the you know the past years where you might have a specific guy's like, oh, I hate when he did this. I hate when he did this. It's like, but you're you're just you're just a guy. You're just there. And because the offense is dried up entirely because he's not getting the gross passes from Willie anymore, it's just like, bro, what what good are you for? What are you good for? No, exactly, and he just failed to seize his opportunity on that line. Like you were given the the opportunity, and as soon as you moved off that line, it's because you didn't really do anything. I mean, you scored early, like you scored in like our first game. What have you done for us lately? Yeah, what have you done for me lately? It's always the case in hockey. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly <laughs> recency it, biases will win it all always. Oh, for sure. And I don't know, like. When Nick Robertson makes his way back to the team, and because of how well the fourth line guys have been playing, I wonder, I wonder if Kiefer decides to send a message and says ECO for a game. I think it well, it, it's hard to make that determination this early. I think we'll have to you know kind of cross that bridge when we come to it because maybe there will be somebody else who hasn't been playing as well. When uh, Robertson comes back, because it looks like he's going to be doing this conditioning stint in the the AHL. So by the time he comes back, it was to say there's not another player who stands out a lot more, like an Angval, for example, or Travis Boyd. Angval's going to stand in the box. He's got the Kerfoot syndrome right now. Like <laughs> he just takes a dumb penalty every game. It's like, bro, figure it out. 
Kerfoot. Syndrome. You're so you're so tall. You're so long. Your stick is freaking like ten feet long, and you you're still taking tripping and hooking penalties and stupid high sticking penalties. Like, bruh, figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, that's uh, that's a, a an expressway to the dead zone. Yeah, uh, yeah he's taking is. bad penalties. And man, he's been real good at it. <laughs> real good at it. Not it's uh, it's just so frustrating. It's like he, he's got all. All the pieces that you want in a player are there. Everything you want in a hockey player, Pienval's got it. He's got he's got some decent skill. He's got some he's speed. Huge. He's a huge dude. He's defensively responsible, but it, he just does stupid shit sometimes. You're like, come on, man! You're just, you're right there. You're right there. The NHL, a permanent NHL spot, is like right there within your grasp, and you're taking a giant dump on it. Yeah, I, I mean, there's all he leaves you wanting more. Yeah, always a lot, a lot of times. So. Well, that's why he's been in and out of the lineup, right? Like, would you prefer to have Pierre Engvall or Josh Lebo on your team right now? Ooh. Right, right now, I'm taking Josh Lebo all day. Because at least you know you can rely on him for a goal once in a while. Yeah, I, I can't really. I, I don't really have any argument <laughs> against that. <laughs> and so that, my friends, is on Mike Babcock. Oh, for sure. Because you rode that guy out of the freaking whole oh, organization. Yeah. But it's nice to see that he he did do this exact same thing to to Justin Hall, but Justin Hall has persevered and he has broken through. But that's that's also partially because he got fired halfway through the first, first season where Hall was getting an actual chance. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> I think not. <laughs> I think not as well. Like I, I I can't help but think how much better Hall would be now if he had played that whole season instead of playing Martin Marinson. Holy fuck, Martin Marinson. Like he so played like bad. Martin Marinson played like 52 games that season, and Justin Hall played 10. They're both right-handed defensemen. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't get it. I, I really <laughs> I really don't get it. And think about how much further ahead Justin Hall would have been. That's what I'm saying. He like his like you literally stalled his development for a whole year just because you didn't like the dude. Like get your fucking ego out of here, you pile of garbage. Like my god. Like I, it makes me it makes me wonder, was Frankie Crotto really as bad as we thought? How would we know? We never saw him. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, it's just like, the favoritism drives me nuts. And it drove me nuts as a kid, too. And you know when, when you had you're a coach that had favorites on the team who would bench other players just because they wanted to put their favorite players on the ice. It's like, and, then, and oftentimes it's not even the best player. It's yeah. just like some random kid they dislike, or it's their kid, or it's uh, their best friend. It happens all the time. All the time. And it's like you can't, you cannot, you cannot have f- play favorites as a coach. You need to put your team in the best position to be successful, and that may mean putting someone on the ice you don't like. But if they are the best player for that situation, you need to do it. And he never, and he didn't. He didn't. He was like, "I love Zach Hyman, so I'm going to put him on the ice all the time." Yeah. Uh, anyway, what we're going to be moving on to the unfortunate loss against the Habs in round two. What a boring game. Yeah, it was a really boring game. I literally fell asleep in the third period. I know you did. That has never happened before, ever. I, well, I was really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was really drunk. I mean, fair enough. Long weekend, you know. Yeah, I started drinking at like four, and by the time the your third period, I was like eight or nine beers deep. I was, yeah, I was, I was really drunk. Well, here's the thing: it's like the Leafs dominated the first two periods of that game. 
But like they did, but they also like kind of didn't. Well, they they missed a lot of opportunities. They had so many posts. Oh my god! They had like four posts, I swear. And like the first two, like periods. we should have had four or five goals after those two periods. But yeah. uh, first of all, you're facing Carey Price, and second of all, he there was a lot of uh, luck there from his iron friend. Man, this week though, like we 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 always talk like there's always the talk about like the oh Leaf fans are crazy, they love overblowing how good the Leafs are and whatever, whatever, whatever. And like the people say, oh, we're over emotional. We overreact to every little thing. And what this week really showed me is that Habs fans are so much worse, so much worse. And the person who showcased it best was Marissa Roberto. For those who don't know, she hosts the PSN Digital Sports Center on on Instagram, and she was getting DMs from Habs fans uh, after the game against the Leafs on Wednesday. And there was they got this guy saying. They need to trade. They need to trade Carey Price. Get him out of the net. Leave, 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 leave uh, Jake Allen in there all the time. And she was just like, "Like, what are you talking? He's literally one of the best goalies in the league. What are you talking? Like, you're one of the best goalies ever. Yeah. Like, like... <laughs> what are you ta- like? Don't be fucking stupid. And then the next night they go and lose to the Oilers three nothing. And that same guy's like, "Get Jake Allen out of there. Only leave Carey Price in." He's freaking like. So by his logic, let's get the AHL goalie. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, you're literally going back on yourself, getting mad at both goalies when you're. He's probably thinking, let's give Zach Fukali a, a go. <laughs> and then, and then they, then Carey Price beats the Leafs last night, and they're just, and he's just like, oh yeah, Habs, Habs now he's, forever. Now he's got it. Now he's happy. Now he's happy that he's like, oh, it's like, like fucking pick a side, bro. Like, it's just the the volatility. They're like the GameStop. Stock over the last few months, they just fucking flipping up and down and up and down and up and down. Like find some fucking middle ground, bro. Like it's it was crazy. I, I'm what's what's weird about the our games against the Habs so far this season. We're two and we're two two zero and one. No, no, we're two and one against them. Yeah, we're two and one against them, and we have not played a good game yet. No, at all, not we against like, the Habs. No, we have not played a good game against the Habs yet, and we still two and one two and one against them. So I think that bodes well, considering everyone considers them our biggest competitor for the top spot in the division. Yeah. Like we've had good periods against them, but overall, as uh, a game, we have not, and uh, that that sucks to see. Uh, but at the same time, it means that we have potential to get do, better. Exactly, do a lot better. But yeah, that's the thing. Is like I can't be that mad about how this week has gone. We've been playing so well, and you know, so many good things have happened, and I just like. You know, it, like especially with the injuries we've been dealing with, and and the adversity the team has had to deal with, it's just like I'm not that mad that we managed, we happened to lose last night to the Habs. It's just like the Leafs didn't play well in the third period, and they blew a one nothing lead. It is it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. Well, that's the other thing. You can't go into the third period protecting a one goal lead. No, like, you need to get that up. That like that you 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 can't protect that because then you're you're either asking Freddie to get a shutout for you or you lose. Yeah, and you can't ask that of any goalie. Like you need to score more than one goal. It's as simple as that. Especially in the NHL. Yeah, and, and like that's you're you're totally spot on there. Like it, like Freddie Freddie did not have a bad Freddie Freddie had an fine. excellent game. He played just he played great. Like that. Like we had plenty plenty of chances in the first couple of periods to to put this game away, and we didn't capitalize. That it. That's it. I'm not not mad about the loss. It is what it is. We're not going to win all of them. Well, just, that's the thing. We've won. So it seems like we haven't lost in forever. Yeah. And so I mean, I was kind of expecting us to lose sooner or later. It sucks that it's to the Habs. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'd rather we lose to the Habs than any of the games against the Sens next week. 
Yeah, but I feel like the losses to the Habs mean more. True. <laughs> but from the mentality of the team, you'd rather lose to a decent team than the hot garbage that is the Sens. And we've already lost them once. We don't want to do that again. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it's like we're facing every team so many times that we're going to lose to all of them at least once. Yeah. Like, I'm glad we got the one for the Sens out early so we can just stomp them on the rest of the season. <laughs> um, I mean, Habs now are with three, three down with seven to go still. So and we're still we're two and one in those three games. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah, like well, if you well, told me at the beginning of the season that we'd make it to this point of the season, at least our first place in our division, we were two and one against the Habs, and we've beaten every single team in the division. I'd be, we I'd got like, eleven three and one record. I'm okay with that. That's beauty. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's fine by me. So like it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Um, I've already kind of moved on. I didn't. I honestly have not spent a single second thinking about the game today. I was just sort of like. You lost. It is you don't. It is. You can't win them all. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's hard to be upset about that loss, uh, but then again, against the Habs, it's always easy to be uh, upset. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, rationally, you, you can't win them all, and you got to take it for what it is. The Leafs played a good two periods, and then like an absolute dog shit third period. Like the effort was down to zero. That, that's kind of where like the absence of Wayne train becomes noticeable again. Because like if you even think about our first game against the Habs, at least didn't start doing anything until Wayne Train got into the fight and, and got and rallied the boys. And he's not there to rally the boys. Yeah. And so I think that some of this falls on the leadership on the team, comes down to JT, Maddie, and Mitchie. Because I'm sorry, but like you don't you're not gonna have Wayne Train there for another four weeks. For five weeks. So you guys need to find a way to rally the boys when you need it. Because you're not going to have him there that him there anymore. Having Jumbo back on money will help because he will definitely, he's a loud motherfucker in the dressing room as we know, and yeah, he'll definitely I'm, help. I'm really happy to have him back. It's going to be great to have him back, but the leaders on this team need to step up and be like, and, and know when they need to say something. Whether that's in a timeout, whether that's in an admission, whether that's you know, in a TV time, whatever it is, you need to find a time to get the boys going. And that's that would be my challenge I pose to the leadership of this team, is that with Wayne Train out, who was that kind of, I guess, that moral excitement and uh, and just supportiveness across the team. Is that a new segment you just created? Is the, the challenge of the week going to be a new thing? I'm, what is the challenge that the Leafs can approve on? I'm kind of down for that, to be honest. All right, let's let's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. My challenge of the week goes to the leadership core and being able to rally the boys in circumstances where they might not be playing well, but the game's within their grasp. Fucking a man, that's huge. And uh, no, my challenge of the week would just be consistency, uh, making sure you're playing a full three periods because it seems like the last four or five games like it's all been like we play two out of three one out of three like it's just you gotta play all three and they've gotten a lot better than at that at least compared to last year because last year was just like inconsistency galore but that is what separates the good teams from the great teams absolutely true so they're a good team right now we want to see them become great and consistency is key and that is my challenge to the toronto maple Leafs for their, for this week and i think those things go hand in hand is that the like the being like the the leaders of the team need to 
push them to be that that consistency. Yeah, absolutely. But I think they they like one will inevitably lead to the other. I think if they if they succeed in my challenge, your challenge will come naturally. Exactly. So that's kind of it's. I think they're capable of it, and I think I do truly think that Jumbo Joe coming back will help immensely with yeah. that because you know he's going to call people out because he does not know that, how to shut his that's mouth. kind of what he does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know that jumbo joe was a loud dude and he's not going to be sitting back and just be okay with the boys just shutting the bed in a period so having him back is great but um i'm curious to see how the the boys play out over this next week because of this this, this upcoming week like this should be a dominant week for us it should be a dominant week for us like it should We're face the habs again we play them next Saturday. Yeah, so we can get some redemption. Absolutely, but like we have three three games against Ottawa, which should be a three zero sweep to get our confidence back up, and then we should walk into Montreal and stomp them as revenge for this week. Yeah, we we should collect some fucking points against Ottawa. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that needs to be a three sweep. Let's build some confidence. Let's get our points here and don't give any up. Mm-hmm. Let, let's get another sweep, just yeah. like you did against Vancouver. Absolutely, and. That's what we need, and then we can go in against the Habs and get some redemption against them. Yeah, facts. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That, like, that's... Like, that needs to be a 6-0 and then go into a good game against Montreal. That's it. Anything less than that is unacceptable. That's the challenge of next week. Is sweep Ottawa. Collect your points. Beat the we, team. We already did a challenge. Of last week. Can't do that. That's confusing. <laughs> we can't do two challenges. Why not? You're the one who started mentioning next week. So, <laughs> anyway, we'll move back to the more familiar segment of buds or dads. How about you start us off here with your? Uh, we gonna go. With, we go negative first or positive? Yeah, I I always like the bad news first. Yeah, yeah. Finish off on a positive note. Yeah. All right. All right. I think my dud of the week is going to go to Pierre Engvall. Okay, okay. What what's the reasoning? Because of the stupid penalties. It's the, it's the, he, he he's become the curfew of the week. <laughs> Cuz he's just taking dumb penalties, making dumb decisions and it's just like, bro, you have all all the ability is there. You if anyone you're trying to build a prototypical hockey player, Pierre Engvall has everything you want. Like you should be better than you are. So he's your dad, even though he only played two out of the three games this week. Yep. But he did have zeros across the board in mm-hmm. both those games. So, yeah, not good enough. Especially playing in a third line role. It's not like he was playing fourth line minutes before. If you were playing a third line role, getting some power play time on the second unit, like, you need to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, this kind of touches on the challenge, and um, he's got to work on his consistency. Because there are some times where Pierre Engvall looks like a legit NHLer. Yeah. And then there's other times where you're like, okay, why is this guy even here? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. A guy of his size, if he can figure it out, he's a very, very valuable asset because he's, what, 6'5"? Yeah, he's a big dude. Like, a how, big boy. It's not very he common. Skate, that, he's got a good shot. He's got a good offensive talent. He can make good passes. Like, like He's got all the tools. All the tools in the toolbox, they're all there. He just needs to freaking figure out how to build the house. You have all the tools. Just do it. Fucking A. Fucking A. All right. My dud is Jimmy VC. The the guy. (laughs) 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 
I mean, well, we've already kind of ripped him to shreds this episode, but let's rip into him some more. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, he's just the guy. Man, he's done fuck all. Like, he made one good defensive play. He he prevented a scoring opportunity. That was a really good defensive play. It was a good defensive play. I'll give him the credit. But that was the only thing he did the whole game. Yeah, but you're supposed to be, like, a a winger and a good winger at that. Like, remember when he came into the league, he was supposed to be a fucking stud. Hobie Baker winner. Yeah. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Now you're on a league minimum contract, and you were given an opportunity with John Tavares and William Nylander, and you've just been bleh. You've just been bleh. That's all I have to say about Jimmy Vesey's play. He's been whatever. He's been um, expendable, quite frankly. And I think if he's not going to get, you know, get his act together, there are plenty of other guys uh, like on the roster who would take that spot in a heartbeat and I'd be very comfortable with them doing so. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I expect more from a guy who's literally playing for his career right now. Like, you're on a one-year minimum, con- your league minimum contract to prove yourself that you belong in the NHL right now. And I'm sorry, it's not like you're getting dominated, but you are not, you're not doing anything. You're just there. You're just a guy on the ice. You're just another guy with a jersey on. You don't make any impact on the game, positive or negative. You're just there, and that is not good enough. I'd almost rather he have some negative moments so there's at least teachable things. There's no teachable things. He's just there. Like, think of it from a coaching perspective. You're just like, bro, I just need you to try. Because, like, you're trying to coach. Usually you have, okay, I need you to prove this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. This guy's just like, just do something. Do something. Because it's just it's just not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, uh, what's your... Who's your bud? Who's your bud for the week? My bud? Who's your bud? My bud? Your bud. <laughs> it's Freddie Anderson, man. What a fucking beauty. Like, you get two out of the three wins. Uh, his numbers have been amazing. Like, the most goals he let in was two. And uh, that was both against the Habs, only one against Vancouver. So, I mean, two wins, a 169 goals against average, 87 saves, and a 946 save percentage on the week. Fucking fire. Beauty. Fire numbers. He's made some big saves. The only thing, uh, like, I can criticize singular for, blemish. Yeah, was the Josh Anderson goal in the first game against the Habs. It was a bad goal. It was a bad goal. But, but he bounced back from it extraordinarily well. And it's weird that Josh Anderson has now scored two bad goals against Freddie. Yeah. Like both goals that Freddie should save. Yeah. A little sad. But yeah. Oh, well. Uh, he's learning from them. Yeah. He's, he, he was phenomenal at every other point of the week, so I couldn't, disagree, I couldn't agree with that more. He has given the Leafs an opportunity to win in so many different games this year, and he's... Uh, even though his numbers haven't always reflected it, he's been an absolute stud. And it's funny because Jumbo actually came out. He was asked about Freddie, um, and he was. The, the, I'm paraphrasing here, but the quote was something along these lines. He's like, "I didn't really know much about Freddie um, coming in here, but you know, after watching this guy play for like 13 games, he's like, this guy's a stud. <laughs> this guy's a stud." And uh, he, he's uh, he's legit. He's given them a, a chance to win. And, I mean, I've always been, like, the biggest Freddy supporter. And, yeah, his jersey. Yeah, I have his jersey. Uh, I've had it for a while. <laughs> and the guy, I, I love Freddy. And I hope they can re-sign him. 
at an affordable price. You know why? Because you look at all the other teams that are desperate for a goalie around here, it would be a mistake to let Freddie Anderson oh, walk. I mean, oh. we've been there. We've, we know what it's like to not have the goalie. Yeah, and we don't want to be back there, so re-sign the man. But uh, if Freddie's agent knows anything, he's waiting until the end of the year. Well, as far as my bud, I'm actually going to switch it up. Oh. Give me Austin Matthews. He was our bud last week. Yeah, but man, guys still put up three points in three games. And the guy just finds a way to get a point every night. Scores a goal, gets a nice assist on Mitchie's goal last night. Just He's just doing everything he can to help the team win. And even on nights where the Leafs are not playing well, like like on Wednesday night or like on the game against the, the Canucks, like he just finds a way to impact the game. Even when he might not be having a good game, he still comes out and impacts it in a positive way. And I love that he's throwing the body more. I love everything about his development as a player. And yeah. I, this is my first time truly giving him um, – some extra credit. So, well, and he, his defensive game has been exquisite yeah. this year specifically. Yeah, and like he, the fact that he's like his his passing game has been improving. That he's not solely relied on for shooting, just adds an extra element of threat in the offensive zone. That you've got to pay attention to who he might be passing to, not just his ridiculous shot, which then opens up more opportunities for him to shoot. Like it's just just positive development from the guy. He's on a nine game point streak with twelve points in nine games. Um, the first time in I think like 25 years has to happen for a Leaf player, like the guy is on fire, and so uh, I just think he deserves to be recognized as the bad. For um, Mitch Marner, you might be leading the team in points right now, but Maddie's coming for you. Now, although you guys always assist on each other's goals, so it might be difficult. He's still coming for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like they seem to be going pretty steady, and I'm pretty sure Mitchie's still leading points. Yeah, he is, because Mitchie just gets so many assists on everything. Like He gets all these secondary assists that just kind of go <laughs> unrecognized. Oh, yeah. Like, the amount of plays he creates is just insane. So he's, if we had a third person here, I'm sure Mitchie would be... The third bud. Like right now, Mitchie's got 22 points. Audie, uh, Masson's got 17. Tavares at 14. Nylander at 12. And then Riley at 11. The top five. And that's that's pretty solid all across the board. Then we played 15 games. And we have two guys playing a point per game. John Tavares is just below. And Nylander is also just below. So I'm okay with that. And like... Mitch, uh, Willie and Tavares haven't even really figured it out yet. And I think adding Hyman to their line will help them a lot just for like the grittiness. Somebody and, to do the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like when they threw Wayne Simmons onto that line, he, he really helped with that. He did the Zach Hyman job on that line and losing him definitely hurt. And it took, I think like it took almost a little too long to put him there because they left VC there and McKayev like, I don't mind McKay, but I think he's better served in a third-line role. And so I think having Hyman there to go get the puck back, give it to the guys who want the puck all the time, will be really beneficial to that second line. So I'm excited to see that back. And that's and, and I, as much as I disagreed with the Jumbo Joe on the first line, which I like, still don't love, as, as far as like how we're doing right now with the injuries we have and what we're dealing with, it's, it is what it is. They get a face value. Mitchie and Matthews are still going to be Mitchie and Matthews. Yeah, exactly, right? 
So it's like, you know, those two are just going to go run rampant and do what they do. And it's just about having someone else who can just play with them and take a stick and just, you know, go into the spots they need. And I mean, I hope Jumbo can do that well, but it is what it is. Well, he's well rested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Is like our two of our injuries we came to our one of two of our more senior guys in the team, and it's like, well, you know, they're gonna be well rested come playoff time. <laughs> sure, and that's where we absolutely cannot afford to lose Wayne Simmons. We need him yeah. for playoffs. We that's what we've been lacking in playoffs is a guy like Wayne Simmons, that piss and vinegar, that give a fuck. <laughs> That let's fucking go, boys, kind of guy. Yeah. Well, uh, I think overall, this week was uh, we finished two and one in the week. Not bad. Not that bad. We beat the Habs once in a game we didn't deserve to win. We beat the Canucks in a game we didn't deserve to win, and then we lost a game we did deserve to win. Actually, no, that's not true. We lost the game because we didn't play in the third period. Yeah. So three games in which we didn't play that well, we still got four points. I can deal with that. Because I think Kiefer will come out, kick them in the butt, and then they'll come out and stomp the, the, the Senators for the next three games, which is always great. It's always nice to kick the shit out of the Senators, that freaking horrific franchise. So let's fucking get her. I can't wait. And that's kind of what we're, we're leading into this next week. So I appreciate anyone who's made it this far in the episode. Never forget, go Leafs, go